Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The fastest goal in Champions League semi-final history. Seven goals in total, and it's all still to play for in the second leg. I just witnessed, and I'm sure Michael LaHood and Jonathan Johnson agree, one of the best games we have seen recently, definitely in Champions League history. Man City and Real Madrid lift up to the billing, and then some. And I'm here, as I mentioned, with Michael and Jonathan Johnson to break down an all-time Champions League classic. Que golazo begins right now. Hey, everybody, welcome to Kegel Lasso, our live Champions League Tuesday semi final recap. Kegel Lasso pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Kegel Lasso. And I believe we have passed 11,000 subscribers. Thank you so much for the love and the support. Keep it coming. This is why we do it. We do it for you. Well, not really. We do it to get paid as well, but we do do it for you as well. But thank you so much, everybody. My God, what a game. I'm so hyped. We want all your comments and your questions. What did you think of this ridiculous game? Who is happier out of the two, everybody? What do you think, Carlo Ancelotti or Pep Guardiola? And what do you think will happen at the Bernabeu? And where do we go here? It was just too amazing. Jonathan Johnson, how are you, buddy? Yeah, doing very well. Thank you. Great to have you back. How was your time off? I, I mean, it was amazing, but I can't even remember it now after the game that I just witnessed. <laughs> <laughs> I did come from Madrid and they did feel mm. very confident about this game and rightly so. Michael, we were just talking mm. about it. How yeah. are you, sir? Uh, I am exhausted i always say that after big games but this game lived up to the billing so happy that it wasn't the other half of madrid in the showing that atleti had against city just fireworks can't wait to break it down absolutely and by the way we should let everybody know that michael lahoud is getting married this weekend and we want to make sure that mm -hmm. we send some love uh, his way and remember michael lahoud because our friend tommy <laughs> tran as well from cbs sports HU, he got married last week mm -hmm. i will give him the I'll give you the same advice I gave him. Uh, happy wife, happy life, my friend. And if you go by those rules, uh, you will live very happily, or at least you will live at peace. Uh, and that's the most important thing. But uh, Jonathan Johnson, do you have any uh, any words of wisdom for Michael La Lahoud? Well, yet to tie the knot. Uh, I know, that's why I was like, I wonder what you <laughs> So, so not, not sure I can quite pass on the sage sage advice, but uh, it's, it sounds like it makes sense to me. So uh, yeah, go with that for sure. Yes, nah. my advice is to both of you, okay? Just take take it from me. She, my wife has the gun pointing to my head right now. <laughs> I see well, the, um, I mean, I see one, the background, one, Luis. One, one, one thing that I will say is this has definitely ratcheted up the, uh, the, the pressure on me now. Oh boy! Is Mrs. Legacy 
in the background or <laughs> is she in the, she's she's in the, the kitchen? She's, not, she's, she's in the other room taking care of okay, the okay, Come on. Okay, okay. Come on, Michael. You know too well that they, they don't care about what we do, at least for the yeah. most part. We, we got to take care of business. But well, the only time the, the only time that they do care, and I think uh, El Amir will attest to this, is when Villa lose. Then <laughs> it's bad news. <laughs> Oh, because that... the weekend is ruined otherwise. Uh, but if you are a Real Madrid fan and you're getting the comments in, uh, I'm sure you're feeling pretty good despite the 4-3 loss. Man City fans, how do you feel? But anyway, let's talk about this game. What a way to kickstart the semifinals in the Champions League. Here were two giants of the game and many predicted goals would come. They did come. They came pretty early on. Man City quick with a 2-0 lead, but then Kareem Benzema with a beautiful goal to make it 2-1. And then it was just a back-and-forth festival of entertainment, Jonathan Johnson. Give me your initial thoughts about this game. And as Jonathan is talking, everybody, I want more of your comments. What did you think? What was your Who was your man, your match, et cetera, et cetera. But Jonathan, give me your thoughts, buddy. What a game. Yeah, absolutely wild. Uh, you know, I don't think we could have asked for much more than that really uh, crazy. Uh, to be honest, there's shades of that. Do you remember, you, like, I mean, talking nearly two decades ago now, do you remember that United-Real Madrid game that finished 4-3? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a real classic all-timer. Uh, you know, this was kind of in that same bracket. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, uh, after the first 10 minutes, I, I was really thinking like, right, you know, finally, this is the Real Madrid that I've been telling everybody about <laughs> on Kegolasso showing up. They're finally going to get undone. And then, you know, it plays out the way that it did. Uh, honestly, it's it's anybody's game. I mean, I know City won the first leg, but really you can't argue against Real scoring at least once at Santiago Bernabeu in that form and in the form that they've shown against PSG uh, and Chelsea, at least in front of goal. Uh, my worry for them would be how you stop City from scoring uh, away from home. I felt that if Casemiro was on the pitch for, for Real, uh, you know, if they can get him fit and firing for the second leg, that could make a huge difference because I felt like him being in the midfield would have enabled them to have a bit more control. But we were the big winners, uh, you know, for Casemiro's absence because I think it allowed, you know, this crazy game uh, to play mm. out the way that it did. And really, it's just... I mean, honestly, we we spend so much time complaining about, uh, you know, the way that the modern game is. And then when a game like that plays itself out at an elite level, it's just honestly, it's such a pleasure to watch. Mm, this is a Real Madrid, Madrid team that is playing like a team of destiny. And I had that feeling after the comeback against PSG. But what they did against Chelsea, the fact that Chelsea stormed out and really took control of that game in the, in the first half and the first part of the second half. And then they turned it around. It feels like every ball is bouncing in their favor. And they're a team that is very efficient in front of goal because they have who I think is the best player in the world. I said it about a month ago. I will say it again to those of you who did not hear me the first time. Kareem, the dream, Benzema. He's got the, the beard fully fluffed out and flushed out like Garfield the cat. And that is his new image because he is just purring in the final third. Two goals. Two goals in a game where Madrid were, you know, JJ, every week I come up with a lay something. They were lay crap <laughs> for much of this game. And Benzema is the player who is just willing them forward. Vinicius Jr., what a second goal that he had, though, just utilizing what he brings to this attack pace. Right before he, he scored that goal, he had a very similar run where he went in, beat Fernandinho, went in, everyone converged. 
on Benzema as they should with the form he's been on. And then Vinicius, he couldn't make up his mind, just blundered it wide, but he made up for it. This is a Madrid team that they like their chances because it's almost like they were playing to keep it to a one-goal margin heading in the second leg. Mike, do you remember what you asked me in the the, the mm. weekend uh, roundup pod about Benzema when he missed the penalties against Osasuna? Whether that would ah. damage his confidence? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and mean, you get you get your answer in that game. I mean, honestly, some having the bottle to step up to the spot uh, and score with a penanka like that really, you know, when the stakes are so high. Yeah, I mean, it's, honestly, it's- that it. It, ahead, it just me. says, I mean, it just says everything about Kareem <laughs> yeah. Benzema. He doesn't mm. give a shit about you. Mm-mm. He doesn't care what happened last weekend. He's just going to do it. The the audacity to do a Penenka mm. in that moment, especially because you're 4-2 down. You need a goal to keep this going. You're away from home. To your point, you missed one in the past weekend. The audacity to do it is unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's, just, not, it's, not, yeah, it's not even like one of those half Penenkas where it's kind no, of like just... Oh. Half you, know, you, know what it, you know what it reminded me of? A one, another Frenchman, Zindi Zidane, World Cup final. Yeah. He steps up. Biggest moment one of the biggest moments of his career because he woke up winner, Champions League winner, and he goes and does that. Same with Kareem Benzema. What what I just am in awe of is the variety of goals that he is scoring. Against Chelsea, it was all by head. Against PSG, it was any way you can get it, just clinical in the final third. In this game, just a game of half chances for, for Madrid and a game of half chances for Benzema. The first goal, I think Zinchenko gets on the wrong side of him. The ball's coming in. Benzema is pretty much the only runner in the box against three city defenders. And he chooses Zinchenko, the right player, undersized defender. And then he's leaning backwards and somehow is able to cushion it, get enough of a touch, not just get a touch, but able to angle his touch into the back of the net and get a bounce under Ederson. I mean, this guy, everything he's touching is going into gold. He's playing like that striker, like the R9, some of the strikers of old that just have that special stuff, like Space Jam, you know, the special stuff drink. I wonder how many <laughs> bottles of that he drinks before a match. I don't know. He's just, he's not a human being. Desnor is correcting. I believe that I agree with you there. Desnor is, it was uh, Zidane, Penenking, Buffon in the year 2000 a mm. game. But well done in remembering that one, Michael. Lahoud, by the way, Kareem Benzema reaching 40 goals in his campaign. That's an unbelievable thing to do. The first in Real Madrid since uh, Cristiano Ronaldo did it years ago. I do agree with you, uh, uh, Casey, Crazy Beats. Casey Beats, I don't know, my, my image is too small. The Benzema, is, he's definitely possessed. I don't know what's going on with him. But let's just talk a little bit about uh, the game itself for a second, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan, let's jump jump to you and Mike. You jump in for a second. But in the first half specifically, especially after that two-goal lead from Manchester City where Kevin De Bruyne got in the first you know, minute and a half under two minutes, then Gabriel Jesus uh, as well, who made it 2-0. Despite that, right? And then Karim Benzema scoring that great goal uh, in the 33rd minute. Despite all of that, they, Man City really should have scored more than two goals in the first half. So do you think that Pep Guardiola is thinking to himself, man, I know it's 4-3. I know we scored four goals, but it really should have been more. We should have put this game away, even though we conceded uh, three. Yeah, and that's not a good thing, uh, you know, with Pep Guardiola at this stage of the Champions League, because his tendency to overthink, you know, (laughs) often, uh, you know, comes into being. Uh, The one thing that I will say is that is also kind of the way that it played out against PSG in the first leg of their Mm -hmm. semifinal last year, but they managed to get the win. 
in that one. They were patient, uh, and I think they learned from that. Uh, and they, we will see another patient City side uh, going to Madrid despite the goals that they conceded. Uh, I mean, I think as well it helped City that Real were just so chaotic in that opening ten minutes because really. I don't think City would have won this game uh, if they had gone the first 10, 15 minutes, mm. uh, you know, without making the breakthrough. Uh, you know, I think Mendy was, you know, was completely out of position. Vinicius didn't help him on that opening goal. Uh, you know, and Close uh, and Alaba were just, you know, bystanders really for for that second one. In fact, I thought Alaba had a, a horrible game. Uh, I wonder whether Ancelotti is going to throw him in against City for that second leg or, you know, perhaps have him on the bench. Like I said, I still mm. think that Casemiro would make a big difference tactically in the way that one plays out. But definitely, I think that City will feel they probably should have had uh, more, uh, you know, and, and also you've got that sort of it was kind of like bizarre. I mean, I know it was a fantastic finish from Bernardo Silva, but the way that that goal went in as well, you know, half the pitch is like calling for a foul or expecting a foul to be blown. And well done Bernardo on the ref. Though, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, done yeah, on the, well done uh, on the ref. Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about wells of steel for Benzema. Wells of steel for the ref. Let that play go on. It was unbelievable. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Uh, you know, and I think it was the right call. Uh, ultimately, uh, it's just it was it was a bit of a bizarre vibe to sort of see like half the pitch mm. stopping to see what the decision would yeah. be and Bernardo playing on and <laughs> what a finish it was. Yeah, we, we we saw kind of a preview of this for City, though. Think of the match against Liverpool, a match where they were dominant, a match where they probably should have won. And they come out scratching their heads thinking, how in the expletive do we draw that game? And when you're up 2-0, there's a feel-good vibe. There's a sense of, oh, my gosh, this is going to get worse and worse, and Madrid are going to just get packing back to the Spanish capital. But what I didn't like, or what I did like about City, let's do the positives first because I'm feeling a very positive move. Something about this water. Maybe it's future sponsor. Maybe it's the wedding, my friend. <laughs> ah, that's it. The uh, thank, my, my, hey, you, thank you, Luis. I'm learning. Yeah. The wedding. I'll Hear come that. back Hear to that, you. Babe. I'll come the back to you in six months and you'll be criticizing everything. <laughs> oh, totally. No, but this is the first time Manchester City in a long while where they've been playing with a false nine. Mm-hmm. Gabriel Jesus, when he came to Manchester City, was not a right winger, as we saw this weekend against Watford. He's number nine. He plays striker for Brazil. And the fact that they had a focal point and a, a center forward in the box is what led to that second goal. You didn't see a striker dropping back in the middle of the park or midfielder running through on that second goal. It was the fact that you had a striker who put enough pressure and the error was really on Alaba trying to be aggressive, getting a little too ahead of himself. And you can get away with that when you're playing outside back you will get exposed at the highest level when you're playing center back but the fact that gabriel jesus continuing that confident goal scoring form as a center forward looking very much like a center forward slotting in the finish that gave them a different edge what madrid did against city that i think it was just begging for city's high line i mean they were at midfield for the entire first half and madrid was trying to play in front of them city's back line without kyle walker snail's pace slow and they got exposed for their lack of pace today. Madrid figured it out. Carlo Ancelotti coaching Miracle again. At halftime, he saw the need defensively, which was to take out David Alaba before the nightmare continued. It was the nightmare on Elm Street. We should rename it to the nightmare at had Way, if that's not the stadium street name, because <laughs> he was having it. But, JJ, to your point, I don't think that he benches Alaba for the second leg. Carlo Ancelotti no. is the sort of manager who instills belief in his players. That is why Real Madrid is successful. He is willing to instill belief. He's willing to also say, hey, let's amend this. It's not your game, but the next one, I'm counting on you 
to be my player and to come through for me. Yeah, Jimmy Conrad calls uh, Ancelotti the player whisperer, you know, just trying to get the best out of everybody. And I think uh, and I, I think Alaba wasn't at 100%, to be quite honest. And he was just asking for a favor, so to speak. However, as you were mentioning, the changes that were done at halftime, some interesting things in the second half, uh, which actually were from a Man City side. We saw the best and worst of... You know, Fernandinho being asked to do a job here. One of them was obviously a great cross for Phil Foden, who scores, of course, and in the 53rd minute. But two minutes later, Vinicius Jr. with one of the best goals I have seen, not just in this campaign, but in a while. And Fernandinho couldn't, can't, just can't catch up with him. And, of course, Vinicius Jr. with that tremendous solo goal. So both sides had some... See, see Real, don't, Real don't need Mbappe. <laughs> Leave him in Paris ah, for a couple more years. Yeah, what, what, what was Rodrigo doing on the other side, though? Yeah, nada, nada. No, that's true. But you know what? The second leg will be different because Joao Cancelo will be back. That will be mm-hmm. a key thing. Casemiro uh, should be back. And we have to just wait and see. By the way, Real Madrid can wrap up La Liga this weekend against Espanyol. Uh, and that would mean that Ancelotti, by the way, is a point away from becoming the first manager to win all of Europe's top five league titles, which is mm. pretty impressive. But City still in a zero margin for error uh, in the Premier League as well. Do you think, everybody, and Michael, I'll ask you first and you jump in, JJ, after that, but everybody watching and, and chiming in, do you think that affects the second leg? Just how much more they have to do domestically, both Man City and Real Madrid, Michael? I, I think it's in City's favor, the fact that they have that stimulus I of agree. the pressure yeah. from the league. It, it heightens your focus as a player. The fact that Madrid came out slow, I think it's a fact that they've already pretty much wrapped up La Liga. So you come in with a, a feel-good vibe. Madrid were playing like they, they were just getting up from a siesta. Not, not just a weekend siesta, but a week-long siesta with how they showed up, almost expecting the red carpet to be rolled out, expecting Benzema to just get out of the gates early like he's done in the last couple of weeks. But this is a city team that just put a, a, just a, a ass whooping, if I may. We're turning the family show from rated G to PG, maybe rated R. But, you know, I, I think now that Madrid, they will have a game that is of significance. I, I think it's going to be another blockbuster matchup. The one thing we know about the Bernabeu is that there will be goals. For the last seven years, there will be goals. From its inception, there will be goals. And I think, really, that favors a Real Madrid side who that crowd is so volatile. It's almost like the mob in Rome. When the mob is with you, you can do anything. You feel like the Invincibles. When the mob turns against you, oh, man, you are looking for the nearest diaper you can find because you're about to be cagado. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's... uh... I mean, I, I'm really curious to, to, to see how this one uh, plays out in the second leg, what decisions get made. Uh, you know, like like we said, you know, Ancelotti kind of underlining that elite status uh, with the fact that he may well be uh, the first coach to have won all five league titles by the time we get round to the second leg. Uh, but it's, I mean, in terms of the rest, I mean, there's not really much Real could have done because it's not like they chose to rest the players, which is because it was the Spanish Cup final weekend that they played so early and had so many days, uh, you know, before this first leg. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not so sure that, you know, Ancelotti will look to rest too many players ahead of the game. Maybe he'll look to try and get some players back into action so they're not coming into it completely cold. Like, for example, if he can give Casemiro, I don't know, say like 15 minutes or so, I I think that will be really important. Because like I said, I, I feel like 
that was missing from a potentially winning game plan uh, for Real Madrid, having Casemiro in the midfield. If if he was there, I think there would have been enough balance uh, to this Real Madrid performance to not concede as many goals as they Especially did. Especially the uh, first one, JJ. I mean, De Bruyne just yeah. went in there, eased his way in there in the, inside the box. If you had somebody like Casemiro, you know that his first job is to obviously try and obstruct that. It's a, it's a major thing. It's not going to be the same game. As the first leg, absolutely. And by the way, just back to Michael Lahoud's point, I think people overthink too much when it comes to, you know, they don't have to worry about the league, so now they can focus on the Champions League. There is such a thing. I see it in many ways like baseball, where like your mm-hmm. pitcher is like, he's feeling it. Like you don't want to talk to him. You don't want to. If a team is feeling it, like Real Madrid is feeling it, keep the games coming, keep the intensity coming. Man City and Real Madrid have enough depth to play around with it. As you mentioned, JJ Casemiro wants to get some minutes this weekend, et cetera. But these things want to keep going in order to keep that momentum going as well. And yes, yeah. uh, ace of them spades. Uh, I agree. I think Alaba was not 100% and that was probably... Yeah, uh, I think that's a generous 70. <laughs> yeah, uh, 50% uh, maybe. By the way, we have another call to action for everybody. We had a poll on social and thank you so much for being part of the family. We've passed 11,000 subscribers. Thank you so much. Make sure that you like, subscribe, spread the word, and jump in on the comments because I've got one for you here from the poll, and I'll ask the boys as well. Uh, Michael, I'll ask you first, and JJ, you jump as well. But who would you rather have, Michael? I know what you're going to have saved me. <laughs> who would you rather have in your team, Kareem Benzema or Kevin De Bruyne? Oh, what do you think? man. It depends what competition I want to win. Okay, if you want to win the win, Champions League? What do you oh, want? Champ, you know, get your Garfield the Cat, Elgato. Get your beards out. Get your captain's armband in, because Kareem the Mofo and Dream is back. I pick him to lead my team, and then for a league title, I love Kevin De Bruyne. I love the fact that he can bring other players in. Big game player. Both players showed it today, but Champions League. Kareem Benzema has Champions League title winning experience. Got to go with Le French Mon. All right. Well, JJ? Yeah, this, uh, this, this is a tough one. I mean, we're basically picking between the two key players from each team. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's arguably the, the, the strongest of the, of, of the two sides. I mean, I'm, I'm with Mike. I, I think I would lean towards Benzema, certainly uh, in a Champions League setup at this moment in time. The only other thing I guess I would add as well is that, it's great to have De Bruyne, uh, you know, back fully fit, but that fitness has become a bit more of an issue over the last season or so. Uh, I don't feel you have as much of that just yet with Benzema. So I think also with Benzema, you have perhaps more of a guarantee uh, if, if if that exists, uh, that he's going to be fit more often than uh, De Bruyne, certainly over the length of the season. I have I have a question for for you guys, and it just it was something I was looking at when I was watching the game. Initially, I, I thought if both wingers, think of Vinicius Junior and Riyad Mahrez, if they were just a little bit cleaner, this storyline would be about the two wingers for either team. Which one of those two would you rather have in your team? One of who? Give me the name. Either either Vinicius Junior or Riyad Mahrez. I'm uh, going Vinicius Junior. Ooh, oh, look at that. there we go it's tricky because it's a difficult question I, I think part of my answer is because I have this emotional connection to Vinicius Jr. he was my first ever article I wrote for uh-huh. Sports Illustrated kind of like my legend but Riyad Mahrez you know he is so he showed me something today that I haven't seen in a while which it, 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 Vinicius Jr. 
I mean, let's not forget, by the way, you know, uh, up there in the in the list of assists, especially this season in the Champions League. But Rian Maris showed me today just the, the other plethora of of talent that he can offer from a visionary perspective. That ball for Kevin De Bruyne in the beginning was absolutely stunning. I'm going to go with Vinicius Jr. I just, I love, like, uh, a Brazilian winger that gives, like, Danielson was my favorite, mm. like, growing up and stuff. Vinicius sometimes gives me that feel. But, you know, you choose Riyad Mahrez, JJ. I'm not going to go against it. I mean, yeah, come on. He's a, he, he, I mean, it's a it's a tight run thing for for sure, and I, I think as well the French bias sort of plays into my thinking there as well. But I, I mean, I think it's important to bear in mind that Mares coming into that match, uh, you know, was City's uh, you know highest scorer in the Champions League this season. Uh, you know, and made the the, the most contributions, uh, you know, towards them getting to where they are. Uh, and I think that that often gets lost. Uh, you know, under some of the other star contributions within the team, uh, you know, certainly De Bruyne, you know, Mares has almost become kind of a little underrated. I mean, I think he scored three or four goals for City in last season's semi-finals against yeah, uh, yeah. against PSG. Just so he has, City has, yeah. yeah, he has that ability to single-handedly lead them. Uh, you know, when when perhaps players aren't able to step up to the plate, he's the one who's able to to seize that uh, to seize that moment and you know provided some uh, some magic again today. Yeah, Vinicius Jr. and Benzema doing their thing this season absolutely right. By the way, we got Sebastián Pino. I believe you're you're you're, you're watching from Peru. Vamos paisano, vamos causa. I love that we finally reached over there. Hey, listen, <laughs> let's keep it going, man. Knock on the door of my abuela and see if we can make everybody just watching. But thank you, thank you everybody for tuning in. We really appreciate all the love. All right, we're gonna take a break very soon. In fact, now. But I just wanted to get one final thought from this tremendous game from these two gentlemen. JJ, a tremendous match. Fantastic opener to the semifinals. Give me your final thought in case I haven't asked you as Man City just about gets it done in the first leg against the Real Madrid side who could feel pretty confident as they return to the Bernabeu. Man, just hoping that we have the same to look forward to on Wednesday. <laughs> I just feel like we've already used up our weekly allotment for goals. Uh, I'm praying it's not going to be some dour nil-nil. I, I definitely don't think it'll be as high scoring uh, between uh, Liverpool and Villarreal. We'll get into that, but uh, you know, I really, I really, I really hope that we have uh, you know a, a fantastic second leg to match this first leg. Mm, I I just can't wait to see. Which team's defense shows up? Because I think it was a tale of two halves. Both defenses looking vulnerable. The injury to John Stones, the re-entry of a possible entry of Kyle Walker for City. I'm really looking forward to seeing what a healthy City team does against this Real Madrid team because I think the injury to John Stones was a difference maker in this match and something that is so easy to lose sight of with all the goals scored. Yeah, we have Casemiro and Joe Cancelo, very important players returning as well, so it should be a fun one. But thank you so much. For still being part of the family, the show, everybody. Colasso Live Tuesday recap in the Champions League semifinals continues. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll quickly discuss a little bit of what hopefully we can expect at Anfield as Liverpool host Villarreal. Final thoughts from these two, and that will be it. Gigo Lasso, Champions League Tuesday recap. Michael LaHue, Jonathan Johnson, LME will be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody. Champions League Tuesday recap. Michael LaHood, Jonathan Johnson, LME, Gigo Lasso. Thank you so much for being part of the family. 11,000 subscribers have passed. Keep them coming. Please like, subscribe, and comment. All right, we've talked about the great game that was today as Man City wins 4-3 against Real Madrid. But let's talk about tomorrow. Liverpool against Villarreal. All right, Michael LaHood, what do you expect mm. in this game at Anfield? I mean, nobody expected, at least definitely not me and all of us, for Unai Emery to go this far. And now they face the Goliath, the multi-headed monster that is Liverpool. How can you expect this one? What do you expect as Liverpool host Villarreal? If you're a yellow submarine fan, grab your life rafts because you're going to need it for this monstrous ride that is Liverpool FC. Holy crap, this team is good. And the fact that City are showing their vulnerabilities at the back, being able to give up goals, I give Liverpool as my new favorites in the UEFA Champions League and possibly even the Premier League. I, I do still think, from a Premier League standpoint, they might just come up short depending on what City do. But when it comes to UEFA Champions well, League... they're going for the yeah. quadruple, Michael. So what if I was to ask you, out of those four, instinctively right now, what do you say they're winning for? They've already won one, right? The League Cup. Yeah. What do you think of those three? What are they winning? I think they get three out of four. I don't think they win Premier League. I think this is City's Premier League to lose. I think City will have the quality. They have the fitness. They're missing some of the depth, but they're getting healthy pieces back just in the nick of time. I think they are my favorite to win this UEFA Champions League. Why? Because a Liverpool, they don't have games like this. They're a team that when they get when when you have a team by the scruff of the neck, like we saw in today's match, this is a Liverpool team that does just enough when needed and they do more than just enough and they're doing more than just enough as of late ever since that Manchester City match where they barely just they barely got out of the hitty itty had with a point they've seemed like a team that's like okay that was our game where we were fortunate now we need to kick into high gear they're a team that just has another level that they can go to and i just think of the fact that they can bring a Luis Diaz one of my favorite players to watch in the Merseyside Derby. I mean, he was taking the piss and and just just ruining lives, taking souls like Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat with some of his touches, his dribbles. The fact that you can bring him off the bench or start him across either leg is a joke. Bobby Firmino, he seems like a Champions League specialist for Liverpool. I think they have too much class, too much quality. However, this is a Villarreal team that if you do not get a second goal against them, if you leave it to a one-goal game, across two legs, they have enough. They have a savvy manager who is playing to either take its extra time or its penalties, or at worst, take you to the second leg with one goal and then get you right at the death. I think if Liverpool get two goals in this first leg, I think Villarreal are in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, Mike is saying that because my prediction is actually that Liverpool win this one now. My my concern for Liverpool between now and the end of the season is just that they have such a charged schedule. I think something is going to give at some point. I agree with Mike. I suspect it may well be in the Premier League because they have already sort of missed that chance, if we can call it that, uh, with the City game recently. Uh, but 
I do think that Villarreal have the ability to to push them tight. I don't think that ultimately that Villarreal will go past Liverpool over two legs. Uh, and I do expect Liverpool to win this opening leg. But I think it'll be tighter than many people expect. I mean, we saw, uh, you know, against Bayern, Villarreal weren't able to keep Robert Lewandowski out, uh, you know, but they were still able to to hit Bayern on the counter-attack. I think they'll be aiming to do similar against Liverpool in this first leg because I think the sense of occasion in that second leg uh, for Villarreal at uh, the, the stadium formerly known as El Madrigal, there's going to be some fantastic memories of 2006 and that former, uh, you know, the, the the previous best run uh, that Villarreal have enjoyed and the, the opportunity to make history for them. I, I think they're going to make life, life difficult for Liverpool over two legs, but also contributing towards that is just the fact that Liverpool are flat out on all fronts at the moment, trying to, to claim uh, all the glory. Like I said, I think they'll ultimately fall one short, and that will probably be in the in the Premier League, as as Mike said. But uh, you know they will give it everything they have. But that doesn't mean that a team like Villarreal are, are just going to sort of lay down for them. I think one wild card for Liverpool: the crowd at Anfield against Everton. There was an exasperation. There was an impatience because of Everton's place in the table. The longer it went nil nil. The tactics Frank Lampard used is a cameo for what Unai Emery will do. It'll just be, it'll be tenfold, and they have better players than Everton. There was so much frustration in that ground. There was just anxiety of, uh-oh, is the goal going to come or not? Yes, Liverpool have such a star-sided attack, but the longer it goes nil-nil in that first leg, the fans are expecting goals, at least one goal. The manager is expecting goals. The players are expecting goals. And I, it just I'm, it just makes me wonder that if Unai Emery is thinking, all right, if we get out of there with just one nil or nil nil, if it finishes nil nil, oh boy, that would make the second leg very intriguing because going away to Spain, it could, that can be a tricky affair to play away. It will be very difficult for me to predict or even envisage a nil-nil. This is a good comment from Jurgen Klopp. Unai looks like, if you watch his team, a detail-obsessed manager who prepares for all different situations in a game, and that's what his team is executing. It's really, really good. You are correct, Jurgen Klopp. In fact, I think folks have to remember that, yes, I mean, listen, I've already think that Liverpool's going to win this one. I actually think it's going to be uh, a 3-1 affair, but I would not be surprised if they don't, do that just because we saw what Unai Emery and Villarreal can do. They are so good at frustrating opposition. Look what Bayern Munich, they contain them to what? Eight total shots? And, you know, that's Bayern Munich, one of the best attacking, you know, uh, offensive sides in Europe. This is going to be a tricky one. But we're talking about a Liverpool side who no longer rely just on Mohamed Salah. They have Sadio Mane and Diogo Jota. Luis Diaz is very quickly becoming a club favorite. Roberto Firmino. And you are correct, says media center man to Michael Lahoud, the 12th man and Anfield is real, but it can be a blessing and a curse if it doesn't go your way. Here's the key thing. And I believe somebody else said it earlier on. If Villarreal come away from Anfield with just a goal down, I think that's a very, very good night for them. They should be very, very happy. Very quick predictions here. Very quick predictions. And here's Danny Parejo after winning the Europa League without losing a game and the trajectory we've had in the UCL so far with the mental and physical demands that come with it. We are calm. I have no doubt that you're calm, Danny Parejo. Let's see what you can do. By the way, Danny Parejo, one of the best 
players this season from a creative perspective in the Champions League. JJ, give me a quick prediction in the first leg. Yeah, I'm going uh, 1-0 Liverpool. Uh, I, I, like I said, I don't think that Villarreal will ultimately come away with the draw like they did against Bayern. But, you know, don't discount them given what we've seen from them away from home against Juve, against Bayern. I think they'll make life difficult for, for Liverpool uh, and I'm going to stick to my guns on that. Uh, really pleased as well to, to see Parejo finally getting the, the credit that he deserves as well for what's been a fantastic season. And, you know, it, it's just... It's such a feel-good story. This this Villarreal um, journey to the to the semis. Uh, you know, a bunch of not necessarily entirely journeymen, but just players who you know have perhaps been underrated for too long in their careers. Uh, you know, finally enjoying this moment in the sun. I mean, look at Raúl Albiol, uh, man of the match against Bayern Munich in that second yeah. leg, first time in his career, nearly thirty-seven years of age. So, you know, mm. don't don't stop dreaming. Well, well said, buddy. Mike? Yeah, well, I think think in uh, the the song is Journey, Don't Stop Believing, and that is what I'm doing. I am not going to stop believing for this Villarreal team, but I will have to give Liverpool their dues. I say 2-1 in this first leg. I think Villarreal will get that goal. Why? Because Liverpool, they push both outside backs up. In the preview against Benfica, what happened? Benfica, they countered. When Liverpool threw so many numbers up, they were able to get down their left-hand side and get crosses in. I think Trent still has some improving to do in the biggest stages against the biggest teams on the counter. We know what he can do going forward, but I just think of Danjuma slotting in at that left-hand side. We know he likes to drift out to his left in the first leg. It was a Danjuma drifting out to his left and then finding himself in a dangerous position that led to the goal for Villarreal against Bayern Munich. I think they'll do, they'll have just enough to catch him on the counter. But the fact that Liverpool are in this position is because they, they're they so different from Bayern Munich. Bayern is Lewandowski-centric. Liverpool, they can get goals from so many different players. It can be offset pieces. You can even have Divock Origi come off the bench. If Villarreal were to put on Everton kits, Origi would probably have a hat trick in this game because we know how much he loves to play against them. But I think it's just going to be too much firepower. Ultimately, the second leg is going to decide this one. Well, you know, during his managerial career, uh, Unai Emery has faced Liverpool five times, once with Sevilla. We know how that went. And four times with Arsenal, with those matches producing 26 goals, by the way, and both teams netting in each side. And the only European meeting between uh, the man and the club was in the 2016 uh, aforementioned Europa League final in which Emery Sevilla won against Jurgen Klopp, of course. And by the way, Liverpool won that game to get to the final against Villarreal. So there's a lot of things in this transition. Des Norris wanted to just quickly mention about Dani Parejo and how Valencia offloaded Parejo after helping them get a Copa del Rey. And then now he has a Europa League title and two games away from a Champions League final. Should be a fun one. I'm giving this uh, one, Co- though, a 3-1. Coquelin as well. Another yeah, that's right. Well, well, as well. Found a new well this is your point yeah. about... This is your point about the journeyman in Villarreal. And this is the great thing about them. Is, you know, this is a team, no superstars, but players that know how to do a job. And Unai Emery is very good at assembling that. The problem is they're now facing a team that I don't think have they faced yet in European competition. With all due respect to Bayern Munich, who are fantastic, they are no Liverpool. And Liverpool are ready yeah. to play. I'm saying it's a 3-1 win for Liverpool, but I'm still hoping, uh, like you said, uh, both of you, don't stop believing, don't stop dreaming. I don't know. Give me another song lyric. We can do it. <laughs> but let's see if El Submarino Amarillo can take care of business. All right. Well, that's it from us. Before we say goodbye, final thoughts from these two lovely gentlemen. Michael LaHood, final thoughts, buddy. 
Uh, I'm I'm just happy to have Champions League football back. I'm just I feel honored that we get to witness just the star studdedness of that should be a new word by the way star studdedness the star studdedness <laughs> I'm with it I'm all with it. these teams Man, I'm gonna is, put Real is, is 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 that not like the the tagline for this podcast <laughs> star studdedness well JJ <laughs> I'm still in awe I'm still in awe of your Real Betis kit from over the weekend that put me that started the wedding vibes for me so keep those coming wear it on the next show JJ please no but I, I'm I'm so grateful that we get to witness so many stars playing across Europe at this point in the UEFA Champions League and it's just a unique time in world football especially with the World Cup on its horizon so more of the same please tomorrow can't wait for tomorrow's show love it JJ yeah, the risk of uh, sounding like a bit of a humble bragger. I to- I totally agree with Mike. We're so lucky to you know to to be able to pick through all of these fantastic games once the action finishes. Uh, just really hoping that Wednesday's action delivers again, and uh, you know really looking forward to uh, you know the remainder of these semifinals and uh, going over it with you guys. And it, it occurred to me, uh, obviously Mike wasn't part of the team when I used to have my shirts behind me, so he won't know. <laughs> about the 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 wide range of uh, of of different kits I have at my disposal so mm. I'll have to come up with some surprise for the next one Absolutely. But dominated by Aston Villa shirts, Jonathan Johnson. And I'm kind of upset that you didn't talk about our other JJ, Jacob Ramsey, who gets a brand new contract. Uh, very exciting for that one. I love it. Hey, give him all the money he wants. He's the best academy player. Yeah, is, yes. is, is, that, is, that, is that a sign that United are going to come in and bid like 60 million when uh, oh, Southgate, absolutely. Tells, we're, when, we're when Southgate tells him that he has to move to a bigger club if he wants yeah, to play we're, for we're England? Monitor, right now, we're monitoring everyone. I guarantee you after this show, because I loved this show and I could feel the vibes on this show, United will be monitoring us to come on to their <laughs> club as well. So they want everyone. We want everyone. We're that desperate. Yeah, like you're, 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 you're on the social media watch list for <laughs> slander against United after the last couple of days. Oh, man. <laughs> you're worse than Benj when he yeah. told me. No, keep me at the gates, the city gates, right by Media City. They anyway, want me I don't want to take any of this away. <laughs> Give me the go away, Manchester United. Jacob Ramsey, <laughs> our lad, our boy. Thank you so much for staying with us. Anyway, to echo both these boys' point. We are very lucky, all of us, to win as the Champions League. Gracias, Real Madrid. Thank you, Manchester City. What a tremendous game. And tomorrow, we have Liverpool against Villarreal. That's Michael LaHood. Thank you, buddy. Ah, thanks for having me on. Jonathan Johnson, thanks so much. Pleasure. And thank you, everybody, for being part of the family. Help us get now to 12,000 subscribers. Don't forget, Kegolasso pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso at Michael LaHood, at Michael LaHood on Twitter and social, at John underscore Le Gossip, LME, LME Chagaray, Kegolasso pod. We'll be back tomorrow for the Wednesday recap, and I'm sure it will be wonderful. But don't forget, our preview that we already released still has also, of course, Wednesday's action. And we have plenty more of Kegolasso to come enjoy the rest of your evening and we will see you tomorrow till then